This is What's Left to Do, and I'm your host, Janelle. Okay, part two with Claire and how some groovy dance parties launched her into the political realm. (sighs) Only in San Francisco. We moved to San Francisco. I at first uh, got together with a group of Hong Kongers, Mm. and I helped curate an exhibition for the first year anniversary of the umbrella movement Mm -hmm. and that was like moved here i didn't have a job like i just full-time like worked to crunch out this exhibition in like two weeks Mm. um and i I love the process of doing that um and then so my husband had been djing Mm. um throughout when he was in hong kong and and before that he had like a radio show during college um Mm. so um i didn't know that and so we were like, there's nothing much going on for Bernie here. And by that time, we were seeing the rallies in S- Seattle and, like, huge rallies where yeah. he, he was having, like, tens of thousands of people mm-hmm. show up. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, there's nothing going on in San Francisco. What if we did, uh, like, s- some dance parties hmm. for Bernie? And we had seen him, like, dance. I think he went on to the Ellen DeGeneres show, like, mm-hmm. dancing to, like, Burn, <laughs> Baby, Burn, uh-huh. uh, the Disco Inferno. Yeah. Um, and my husband was like, this is it. Like, we're going to call the party Burn, Baby, Burn. We're mm-hmm. going to contact venues, try to find a place, and do a disco dance party. Nice. Um, and so the first time we did it, the Elbow Room, which is now closed, yeah. Um, I was the only venue that got back to us, mm-hmm. gave us like a Wednesday night. They didn't want to turn on the full sound system. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't going to charge us anything, yeah. um, but you know, they're like, eh. Uh, turns out we had like a giant line around the block. Like Seriously? we had, we had like 400 people show up. Whoa. The place was jammed. Whoa. They had to like halfway through the show, like brought us like a case of beers, you nice. know, for the DJs. Uh-huh. Um, and so it was like hugely successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but then people were like, well, the energy is great. And so many people there, but what are you doing with all of this energy, mm-hmm. you know? And so I started, uh, you know, at some point during the night I went on stage and I was like, Hey, everybody get your phone out and donate to Bernie, mm-hmm. you know, BernieSanders.com. But you know, there was no, a real systematic way to like organize yeah organize get people involved or like make sure they donate it so the following parties like we started to organize like we had like a merch table mm-hmm. we had people check donations receipts at the door mm-hmm. um i started printing out like forms for people to fill out to volunteer mm-hmm. and then i would manually enter in, them in on the <laughs> bernie website you didn't have any formal political organization None. training Were you starting to get to know, um, you know, people in the formal political scene here in the city? Like during that time, did you get to know Jane or Dean or, you know? I started knowing of Jane Uh because some people were like, oh, you like Bernie. You should like invite Jane Kim here. Uh, At that time, there was somebody running against Nancy Pelosi and independent Preston Pickus. And Mm -hmm. we like became really good friends with him. So Mm -hmm. he would come to the Burn Baby Burn parties Mm -hmm. and he would do a pitch Mm -hmm. um, 
for his campaign. Um, and then somebody was like, you should invite Jane Kim. Like she, she was running for state Senate against mm-hmm. Scott Wiener at that time. Um, and so I ended up like going to one of the debates. I heard her and I was like, Oh, she's great. Um, and then I think we invited her to come to one of the parties, although it was rather later on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, came very early when like no one was there yet (laughs) so i got to meet her briefly but like i didn't you know didn't really get to know her much um i would say it wasn't until the california primary was over Mm -hmm. that i and that i decided to form the san francisco bernie kratz uh, that um Mm -hmm. that i started like really dabbling into the local political scene Mm -hmm. i think my husband was more like he started showing up to the League of Pissed Off Voters meetings mm-hmm. and Harvey Milk Club meetings. Mm-hmm. And so he was like starting to get in tune with the local political mm-hmm. scene a little bit more. And which is what actually what prompted me, like it was, you know, after the California primary, I was like, gee, I think we should like do like what the Harvey Milk Club has done mm-hmm. and like form a, because we, we, we met all these organizers, yep. all these volunteers who, yep. who like spend a ton of hours, you know, on on bernie and i was just like well it would be such a shame if everybody just went their own way um so what if we like formed a club like the harvey milk club Ah. that you know continues to have you know be a force a political force in san francisco Mm. you know three decades later Mm -hmm. and my husband was like oh we should totally do it and i was like oh but it's gonna be a ton of work Mm -hmm. like it's a lot of work he's like we should do it we should do it Mm -hmm. um so we ended up uh kind of starting to draft bylaws i got a few friends who were you know super volunteers I i also like actually step back and saying after the primary i went to a meeting with where a lot of key organizers like sat together like we met in the castro key organizers in for volunteer the, for from the, the primary campaign. yeah from the primary mm-hmm, campaign mm-hmm. and had a kind of like a debrief hmm. but i thought it was really poorly run mm. and like why it was like it, there was no moderator, mm-hmm. there was no agenda. Mm-hmm. Whoever had the loudest voices got to speak the most. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people who I wanted to hear from who didn't get to speak. It was kind of like a personality contest. Oh, yeah. Um and so I was like we need structure yeah. and we need goals and we need an organization yep. and we need facilitators and so that's why i was like well the harvey milk club like they have bylaws they have elected officers they, they have, have roles they have structure and at the time there was also like barrier for bernie um that had been around for a really long time mm-hmm. uh, most of the members i think were based in the east bay mm-hmm. um but they the group like formed and fell apart multiple times mm-hmm. because there wasn't consistent leadership or structure mm-hmm. and i actually try to press on them like i think we need to form a structure in order to continue the work to mm-hmm. to for to sustain the work mm-hmm. um and that r- didn't really go anywhere so mm-hmm. i was like fuck it i'm gonna do it that in san francisco mm-hmm. you know um and actually got a lot of pushback from from some of the people involved in really? the for bernie because they're like why are you splintering mm-hmm. you know the movement but i was like they aren't doing anything <laughs> they're a facebook group you right. know like um and so 
I mean, they they had done a lot during the primary, I'll say. Like, I have to give them credit for that. But they, they just didn't have any structure. So it was like... They didn't at, have any structure that would benefit any, like a... Sustained work. Sustained, yeah, sustained yeah. forward movement and organized progress. Yeah, so it was just whoever, like was into it you know that was a burst of energy and then and then they would burn out move away or sure. whatever and it would die um so I, I met up with a few friends we kind of drafted some bylaws looking at like the harvey milk mm -hmm. lgbt clubs uh bylaws and then july of 2016 mm -hmm. june prime the primary was in june california primary was in june mm -hmm. so about a, a little over a month later like we convened the first like sf bernie crowd or first meeting to create a club after bernie mm -hmm. um when you say after bernie because some people listening are not from here what do you mean well the, the, we what the you you started this club because you wanted to blank the blank like we wanted to continue um the movement that was created uh, by the bernie campaign and, and how so, would you describe that movement the goals of that movement or the 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 end goals of that movement? i mean really what i wanted to do was to continue um the involvement of all of the activists uh, and volunteers mm -hmm. who worked really hard on bernie's campaign mm -hmm. i wanted us to continue organizing yes. and i also wanted us to plug into san francisco politics yes. because at that time i found san francisco politics really daunting and overwhelming mm -hmm. um and most people young people especially who loved bernie have no idea what's going on locally zero um and so i was like let's form a club so that you know hopefully named after Bernie mm -hmm. so that we can continue organizing locally and all the young people who loved Bernie will take a look at the club and it's like oh the Bernie club and also the other thing was the League of Pissed Off Voters they had voter guides mm -hmm. um, and I was like well what if we had like a Bernie voter guide yeah, like yeah, if yeah. you liked Bernie you should vote for these people locally yep. Yep. Um, and so the first meeting in July we just drafted like discuss the bylaws mm -hmm. the meeting was not very well run i was very nervous sure. and it was you and who else was my husband oh, okay. and, and a bunch of people showed up okay. and we kind of showed up late people were already there <laughs> my husband always runs late for everything <laughs> um and we didn't have sign up sheets sign in mm -hmm. sheets mm -hmm. so we passed this laptop around people signed in um anyway we were like we did not have it together mm -hmm. um the second meeting uh, is when we, we, we had more of an agenda. Mm -hmm. We voted on the club's name and we had like officer elections. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when the name San Francisco Bernie Kratz won overwhelmingly. Uh. Um, so at first we didn't like Bernie Sanders Democratic Club, Bernie Sanders Political Club, mm -hmm. Bur Progressive Club. Because you're still club. anchoring yeah. on the Harvey Milk club kind of like yeah. naming designation yeah but, but people didn't want democratic because sure. we hated democratic party yeah, you that's know right. um, fuck those guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah and the club that's how the club was formed mm -hmm. i mean the learning curve was very steep sure. i would say like the first set of endorsements i wasn't completely happy with mm. and why because I felt like we didn't really do thorough enough research uh, um, and we didn't really ask the people who were involved mm -hmm. um, in the community doing the work mm -hmm. and we didn't know them sure. because we were all brand new to all of this. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and 
as I later learned, like just because you support Bernie mm. is not the sole metric we That's should right. be That's right. judging somebody. That's and right. like I would say there was like a school board candidate that we endorsed that showed up to a lot of meetings, but I thought that his analysis on race issues was mm-hmm. very lacking. Lacking. Mm-hmm. Um and so I felt a little ashamed mm-hmm. that we endorsed him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also was not able to like vocalize them during the endorsement mm-hmm. process. But we hadn't set up those processes. I didn't know much You're about him. Yeah, yeah, we were still learning. Yeah. So it's it's been a like learning curve sure. um, with the SF Bernie Kratz and definitely made you know a lot of mistakes i think adams 2017 was what propelled the sf bernie kratz into the san francisco political scene tell us what you mean by that um so and explain what adam means because yeah, some so people aren't adams are the assembly assembly district election meeting is what it stands for <laughs> i had to look that up 15 times because every time someone asks like what is it i was like i don't fucking know anyway go ahead um so basically uh the California Democratic Party um, that ain't shit is a big thing, and they about a third they try to seem democratic. So about a third <laughs> of the delegates are democratically elected, uh-huh. or allegedly. Uh, There's the veneer, elected. yeah, yeah are elected. elected. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so they hold these meetings that nobody knows about, um, where people <laughs> at that time have to show up in person mm-hmm. to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and historically, you know, there's been like a progressive um, side and like a, a more moderate side, mm-hmm. establishment side in, mm-hmm. in San Francisco that would vie against each other. And um, Karen Bernal, who um, was has been involved in the California Democratic Party for a long time and chaired the Progressive Caucus a number of times, had talked to us after the November election about, hey, ADEMs are coming up. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys should organize in San Francisco. Like, she was talking to people all over, mm. you know, Northern California, mm-hmm. uh, Bernie people to organize them. Um, so we met up with a uh, bunch of other clubs where at that point like met a lot of people in different clubs um and uh got together with there was a meeting with Jane Kim and David Campos present um and to work out a slate for um for Adams mm-hmm. for a progressive slate um and my husband and one other Bernie Kratt uh got on the slate mm-hmm. um and we had to organize for it. And so Bernie Kratz, we phone bank the hell out of, you know, every both our lists and other uh, people's lists mm-hmm. um, and turn people out. Mm-hmm. And we ended up winning. We the whole process. We were in the standing in the rain. People were lined Ooh. up Ooh. for hours. That's what I heard. Uh, like four hour lines. Yeah. To vote. Four hour lines. They were busing people in. I heard they were like. There was some not above board things going, not from the Bernie Kratz side, but from yeah, other people. Yeah, on the other side. Yeah, yeah. paying people to bust them in and vote. Yeah, and, and telling them how to vote. Yeah. Um, uh, and then they were, because they were elderly, they were able to cut the line. Yep. So everybody else had to send in, in the rain yep. for like four hours. And there were people who were like, well, if they're elderly and get cut to cut in line like i'm 70 why can't i yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't it wasn't organized it wasn't organized mm-hmm. it was kind of a shit show yep. we stayed there for the vote counting the vote counting was 
very poorly done and they they tried to pair people up so that the vote counters had one person from each side to be paired up together mm-hmm. to count a stack mm-hmm. but there was one stack that was counted both by both of the people there were on the other side mm-hmm. on the moderate side and the votes were like really off yeah. um and so oh, we actually Iowa much Go ahead. we like <laughs> had them recounted yeah. several times and actually i think my husband ended up getting 10 more votes because wow. of that and then that was basically got how he he got oh that uh, was elected. the difference yeah that was the difference what is, is uh, side, small sidebar uh who who's going to be monitoring the vote count this time since this is a this was all a mail in operation and it's you know all going on behind closed doors in Sacramento like what the fuck how do, how are we going to know what is the integrity of the vote going to be this time or don't, don't count know. on any integrity I don't know I have okay. no idea right, well well fuck I mean, y'all uh, just in case y'all don't count my votes now you have a reason go ahead just joking um <laughs> So <laughs> we ended up winning mm. the majority and nice. people, everyone said it was thanks to the Bernie Kratz because right we did on. the majority of the organizing mm. for it. And mm. so suddenly people are like, whoa, who are what is these? This, what is this group? Yeah, yeah, this brand new group mm. that like helped us win the ADEMS. What do you, do you think the difference made was A, the army and B, their their the energy exerted by it do you think it was just like you guys had the numbers and the people who had the know-how to like phone bank to text bank to whatever is that was that what made yeah i think it is okay do you think that that is part of what our theory of change needs to be for electoral politics both in san francisco and statewide what do you mean by that deputizing our numbers to to turn out to turn out vote to you know get out the word about endorsements for various races and to to turn out voters yeah. that will do that yeah okay absolutely and a follow up question what is there are there other Bernie Krat and maybe under a different name uh, groups like in other parts of California post twenty twenty because what I yes. remember yeah there are there, there okay are. where where are they. Um, there are a bunch. So uh, some of them changed to our revolution mm-hmm. uh, after 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, our revolution East Bay, our revolution Contra Costa. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch in L.A. There's mm-hmm. a Field the Burn Club in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it's mostly in the Bay Area and uh, in L.A. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you? So you guys started when you got when Bernie Kratz started. What were the approximate numbers and what was the what was the buzz, if any, around it to to like now? What are the numbers in the buzz? Like, are, has has the has the Bernie Kratz Club arrived politically in San Francisco? Um, I'd say that our numbers fluctuated. Mm-hmm. Like at the very beginning, we'd have very big meetings mm-hmm. with like I don't know, like we have we've had jammed rooms of like 70, 80 people. Mm-hmm. But then, um, I think as the excitement worn off Mm -hmm. um you know there were probably like 25 to 30 people who Mm -hmm. would consistently come to meetings um now we are kind of at like a pretty sustained like 50 something Mm -hmm. members in good standing Mm -hmm. um i think that we are respected politically Mm -hmm. um because of what we've shown Mm -hmm. um i mean 
in the progressive yeah, uh yeah. moderates don't count no, yeah they, uh-huh. they hate us yeah, yeah of uh, course but uh uh yeah we you know we we're a part of the political you know scene in san francisco end of december 2017 mm-hmm. the late mayor edley had mm-hmm. a heart attack yeah. and passed away that was very tragic um and so i remember few days later i texting jane and be like hey are you gonna run Mm -hmm. and she immediately calls me Mm -hmm. and recruits me um (laughs) to work on her campaign or Mm -hmm. she was like are you gonna like help me out and work on Mm -hmm. the campaign um i think that it took a few conversations Mm -hmm. but i I ended up saying yes. I had to like. That's because she. That's that's voodoo. It's really hard to say no yeah, to Jane. She, or at that time, I think I, I'm like getting better at it now. Yeah, right. <laughs> but get back to me in two years. Where, where Claire at? <laughs> at the campaign office. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they had a campaign manager, um, and then I was the first staff mm-hmm. first, first staffer hired on her campaign. So I like played all the different roles yeah. of her campaign from like fundraising to field to Chinese organizing to organizing a giant banquet and you know all these you different things all. and then I ran, ran their Richmond office they had a mission office and a Richmond office mm-hmm. um, so yeah I uh, and then I ran the whole GOTV program like mm. I kind of planned out and GOTV like, is get out the vote get out the vote yeah yeah um, and so I did that. And actually, at that time, before I accepted volunteering on her campaign, I had been volunteering. Oh, sorry. Before I accepted working on her campaign, I'd been volunteering for a local candidate here running for District 10 supervisor, mm-hmm. Tony Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd been like in the community for a really long time mm-hmm. organizing here. He had run twice before and mm-hmm. lost. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, and he had asked me to whether I would work on his campaign the following summer and fall, mm-hmm. and I had agreed to it, because mm-hmm. um, I was like local. Um, but after the experience working on Jane's campaign and his campaign manager have had having to kind of do a life change and and couldn't manage his campaign anymore he asked me to to be the campaign manager Mm -hmm. for his campaign Mm -hmm. so i ended up um becoming his campaign manager and Mm -hmm. then getting a whole new set of skills of how to run a campaign from scratch Mm -hmm. with nothing you Mm -hmm. know from zero (laughs) to running a campaign Mm -hmm. um wait that was before or after jane after jane so i got the experience from jane's campaign i was already volunteering were you her campaign manager when she was running for mayor no i was the first hire after the campaign manager Mm -hmm. she later says apparently later uh during the bernie campaign Mm -hmm. when i was applying for the bernie campaign which is the whole story of itself she told them that i she promoted me to deputy campaign manager but i didn't know that i was promoted (laughs) to deputy campaign manager that's that trickery i mean i I did the work (laughs) i didn't know i had the title (laughs) (laughs) um so um, but yeah, because of that experience, um, on Jane's campaign, it's also like observing how things worked and didn't work yeah. and what could have been done better. Yeah. Um, then it, it, I actually, so my husband was really mad at me for taking the campaign manager positions for the for Tony Kelly. Kelly's, uh-huh. uh, supervisor race. Um, but for me, 
you know, I didn't want a career in politics, mm. but I almost wanted to like prove to myself that like I wanted to experiment on how to run a campaign where I really took care of the staff mm. and it was like a positive work environment mm. and win. Because mm. um, I will have to say Jane's campaign was extremely stressful. Yeah. And all campaigns are, but also I felt like the the whole staff morale wasn't very high. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to see if I could change that. Mm. Um, it was like... You know, I would go months without a day off um, mm. because there was no structure yeah. um, so built just... around me being able to ask for a day off. Yeah. Like you had to ask for a day off, uh-huh. you know, that it wasn't, you know, automatically there, yeah. you know. So because you were constantly having to put out fires and improvise and. Well, and, and, blah, and blah, when blah. you're being when you have to ask for every single day that you have to take off, mm-hmm. it becomes comes a burden uh. and and everyone is just afraid of asking for a day Mm. off because there's so much going on like campaigns never stop you know so when i became campaign manager i was like you know at our weekly staff meeting we're going to discuss when each staff is taking their day off you know because it it has to be built into the structure um so we didn't win that race Mm -hmm. um there was there were which race uh the tony kelly Mm -hmm. uh for supervisor race um you know there were a lot of different reasons i'm Mm -hmm. not gonna get into them um but I thought that I ran a pretty decent mm-hmm. campaign. But after that, I was like, I'm done with campaigns. I Yeah, <laughs> right. I was like, I need a break. Mm-hmm. My husband and I went to on a trip to mm-hmm. Europe for like three weeks. Yeah. And I just completely unplugged from politics. Yeah. Um, had a great time. Ate a lot of food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then... And came back and I was like, okay, I'm gonna like go back to teaching. I'm gonna t- teach art classes and be a substitute teacher again. I think that lasted for like a month and a half <laughs> or two months. Like it was February, I think, when Bernie announced uh-huh. that he was running uh-huh. uh, for president again uh-huh. in um, 2019. 2019. Uh-huh. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> um, and Jane had been asking me because she don't quit. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. whether I want actually, maybe he didn't formally announce yet, but Jane had already been asking me mm-hmm. uh, because she had been reached out by the Bernie campaign. Oh, and I, I forgot to say, um, so Jane endorsed Bernie mm-hmm. in twenty fifteen. Sorry, he, she did, and then also Bernie endorsed. Jane, when she was running for mayor, when she was running for state senate, oh, state not senate. mayor, mm-hmm. state senate, and he came to. Uh, she was also uh, doing Prop W, like Free City College. Mm-hmm. Um, so he came out to stump for her. Mm. Um, so I got to see Bernie slightly closer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> at uh at her campaign headquarters, when she launched the Free City College program, um, Bernie actually came out for the launching of Free oh, City right College, uh-huh. and that's actually. This photo on Facebook of me with Bernie. Mm-hmm. That's when I got to meet him mm. because when he was a candidate, like nobody could meet him yeah, and sure. take a selfie with him unless it was written in the, you know, in the TikTok, like in in the like agenda yeah, run of show, you uh-huh, know. Uh-huh. So even when I was working on there, I, I never got to take a photo sure, with him. Sure, sure. But um, 
Bernie himself actually reached out to Jane to ask her to work on his campaign because uh, um, they had already a pretty good relationship. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, she was one of her contacts or mm-hmm. his contacts in, out in here in yeah. the Bay Area in California. Um, and the campaign didn't have that many contacts in California. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was asking me if I wanted to work on the Bernie campaign. Mm-hmm. And I at first was like, no way. No, I yeah, can't deal not with campaigns i need a break i just told the school i was gonna teach until the the end of the school year i can't do this to them again mm-hmm. like i already did that for you last time <laughs> yeah, like right. i feel really bad i'm not about like, to be that girl yeah. yeah um and so i was like no 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 um they came for a rally in fort mason I was there. Um, I was there with. Well, I didn't go with Cat and I, Adam, but I, I was heard. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, on on Cat's episode. <laughs> um, so I was at that point started to organize, coordinate with a lot of the other Bernie groups in the Bay Area: Our Revolution, East Bay, Contra mm-hmm. Costa. Um, and we were like trying to start to organize, table, get people signed up, get people involved, mm-hmm. to register, to vote, all of that. Um. But I was still like I actually got in, ended up getting invited to speak at the rally. I was uh, in contact with their advance team, somebody from their advance team mm-hmm. that organizes like all the these rallies. Yep. And she called me. She's like, "Do you know like a person of color, like a woman, ideally woman of color organizer, uh, who would be you know a good speaker?" And I was like, "I don't know. Like I guess you know there are people who run for office, like cap." Uh, Kat Brooks or like uh, Pamela Price um, and then later on I get a call from her like oh p- uh, people are suggesting that you can you like this is yeah. like the night before yeah, you know oh, <laughs> I was God. like okay I guess I can't say no <laughs> right? Right, right I can't say no um, but at that time I was still convinced that I wasn't going to work on Bernie's mm-hmm. campaign this is like April or something or March March mm-hmm. um I was like, you know, I'm I'm gonna be an activist through this one. Yeah. Um, and Jane had like every month or so she asked me like, are you sure? Yeah, that's right. Um, very persuasive. I ended up deciding to work on the campaign. Two people ended up helping my decision. Okay. One was my mom, mm-hmm. who in 2016 was like, well, Hillary Clinton has more international mm-hmm. experience, you right. know, because she was Secretary of State. Um, she was basically like, I have seen how Trump has is destroying the world. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, like, I think, you know, in the U.S., we... we focus a lot about his domestic policies but Mm -hmm. his international policies policies have been horrible too and you know just you know climate change Mm -hmm. you know denying climate change and um and everything so my mom was like trump is like an evil force in this world Mm -hmm. and if you work on the bernie campaign you're not only like helping the u.s but you're also helping this world Mm. to change to a different direction Mm. like she was like we need a drastic change in direction in this Mm. world Mm. we're seeing like rise of the far right and we need um you know a a left movement and and the president of the united states has so much 
yep. influence on the rest of the world, yep. you know? Yep. And so she was like, you're going to be doing service for the world. Mm. So that was like, all right, you I know? can't. When my mama tell me I'm about to serve the world, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I guess I got to serve so, the world. So that was the one thing. Mm-hmm. The second <laughs> person was a union organizer. I don't know if she wants to be named. Mm-hmm. Um, who cornered my husband um, That's right. uh, at a union <laughs> rally in City Hall mm-hmm. um, and was like, well, why is Claire not working on the Bernie campaign? Ooh. And he was like, kind of because of me, you know, because I don't want her to. That means I'm about to and, cuss you out, yes. sir. So that's what she did. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was like, <laughs> so, she, so she basically did. she was like, you know, if they get some random white dude from out of town airdrop him here Mm -hmm. and he does things poorly Mm -hmm. you know that your wife is gonna end up doing all of the work anyway and picking up the slack and not getting credit for it and not getting paid for it yeah and she was like we women of color always do the work we Mm -hmm. never get credit for it um and if she's gonna be doing the work anyway she should just be in the official position and, and and um get paid for it yeah that's right um and so that convinced him so okay. I, then i had his approval that's right. she probably had a switchblade out at his throat and you're just like all right bye and and you know we both knew that i was going to do the work anyway i was yeah, gonna organize right. you know whether i was gonna it. pay listen you can get down or lay down what's these are your two choices but yeah. either way you're gonna end up on the floor so let's yeah. which one you want let's let's just let's do it mm-hmm. and so and because it took them so long to um, to for the campaign to get its shit together, mm. um, they didn't want to start want me to start until the summer anyway. So okay. the school year would have been over, and mm-hmm. so I wouldn't you know desert the school again. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started working on the Bernie campaign. So yeah. actually, at first, they were still figuring out the structure of California and how... Mm-hmm. But California how, was the crown jewel of the... That was like the cornerstone of the strategy for 2020. Yes, yeah. it was. Um, but Which they also had correct, but, very yeah. little connections in California. Sure, because the so, state is dumb. Yeah, uh-huh. it, it was the first time California mattered. Yeah, because um, yeah, it was pushed up. Because it's usually like at the end of the primary season. Yeah, June. Like, like it's June, already been decided. But, you they, know? but they pushed it way up to... What was it? The... March? Beginning of March? End of February or beginning of March? Uh, beginning of super, March. Yeah, yeah. I so, don't know. Maybe Gavin Newsom was able to pull his strings with Pelosi and... I don't know. <laughs> right. Who knows? But You I, know that Gavin Newsom is Pelosi's nephew, right? Blood nephew? I know that their families are yeah, close, the, but... Because yeah, it's like the four families of California. It's the Browns, the Pelosi's, the Newsom's, and the something else. I don't know if it's blood or by marriage, mm-hmm. but like I don't know if they have direct DNA. But sure. I think it's by marriage, uh-huh. um, but, but but they're they're, yeah, they're yeah. actually family. I didn't uh, know that, but that doesn't surprise me because yeah. they both suck. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I I have no insight until sure. I just. But California said that. mattered, and that was a that was the cornerstone of the strategy for the campaign, the primary campaign for twenty twenty, and Precisely. so that meant that you them them getting their shit together in terms of having the infrastructure in place for california was super important it was really important Mm -hmm. but at at first they didn't really know how to structure california Uh um and actually 
there was some back and forth about whether to hire me mm-hmm. uh, for like a, a senior management position mm-hmm. because they felt like I didn't have enough experience. Mm-hmm. They wanted to hire a very professional mm-hmm. team that had very you know run a lot of campaigns yeah. so was very professional the, the majority of bernie organizers mm-hmm. had not been professional mm-hmm. some of them since 2016 had started working on campaigns a lot had actually mm-hmm. um but i think they were a little hesitant at first but then they decided that if white guys get given a chance, you know, to go beyond their league, mm-hmm. um, why shouldn't they give a chance to a woman of color? Mm-hmm. And I think Jane definitely pushed that. Pushed that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I first was the Bay Area field director, mm-hmm. um, and then later on got promoted to Bay Area director. Jane Jane was the Bay Area director. I thought she was statewide director. She started as the Bay Area director, uh-huh. and then. Um, became the uh california political director gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. there's a kind of a lot of history and, and stuff that is not so great i don't think i really want to get into it sure, sure, but sure. anyway mm-hmm. uh so i got to you know run the whole bay area team yeah i'm very proud thinking back of the way i ran the mm-hmm. bay area um it wasn't like that everywhere hmm. on the campaign mm-hmm. um i very consciously wanted to build a sense of community Mm. and collaborative Mm. way of running the Mm -hmm. campaign Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. in the Bay Area. So I treated my staff very much as equals. Like I, they had a lot of input into how things were run. I constantly listened to their feedback um how things were i was very close to the ground to what was happening um and even though everyone worked their asses off we had so little staff Mm -hmm. um la got like 20 staffers i think uh 20 yeah and we got eight it forced us to really incorporate volunteers oh yeah and and we had amazing volunteers like you <laughs> and like Liz. Yeah. Liz like Liz was ran there. Liz ran our uh data program, yep. like yep. turf cutting program. Yep. She was the boss That's and right. she came up with like the um the way, you know, the, and, and actually worked really closely with my team and, and just let them take the lead and yep. like how do we create systems um, that would make our operations run really smoothly yep. and delegate as much work as possible to the volunteers yep. because, because we you just, had to. You yeah, didn't... we didn't have staff. Yeah, like, that's right. Um, you're, you're the the lean nature of the the formal staff like made it. It it was not a it was it, it made it not a your prerogative to lean so heavily on super volunteer. Like you did not have a choice. It's like yep. here's what we have and we have to augment this. We have to make the best of it. We're about to find eight hundred crazy wackos that will put their lives on pause for this campaign and we're going to make it work. And that's exactly what you did. And we built really good morale here in the Bay area. Um, And you know, the team is still very close. Like we talk to these motherfuckers all the time. (laughs) Exactly. And so, you know, we didn't necessarily win as 
we, 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 won, we won California. We won California. Yes. We won the Bay Area. Yes, we, we did, did so much better than um than 2016 because mm-hmm. uh, we lost California. We lost most of the Bay Area in 2016. I think um I think uh, the Oakland Berkeley area won by a tiny tiny slither of a percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here we won overwhelmingly. We didn't win in every congressional district here, but our uh the two congressional districts we lost here were listed as very low priority for mm-hmm. us internally. You mean in 2020? Yeah, in 2020. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so, you know, and we weren't really given the resources and we were told not to spend resources there. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't, I think the outcome was very logical mm-hmm. and I was able to do so creating like an incredible really grassroots yeah. community absolutely um so i'm i'm really proud of that work and you did a fabulous job thank fabulous you job. Mm-hmm. um and i wouldn't say i don't think that it was like that everywhere sure. um so well, i heard uh, stories that it absolutely yeah. was not yeah um so i i'm i'm very proud of that work mm-hmm. to someone who is listening to this who is saying like okay this sounds like this this is this work could be within my reach even though like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm not like a professional politician. I don't know everything about everything. Like talk about how you were able to be uh, such a formidable or integral part of the of the campaign strategy, even though like you don't know everything. Like what does it take to do what you did? We know it takes like a lot of coffee. <laughs> and a lot I of patience. I don't drink coffee, but I have I a lot of patience. Okay, okay. So it takes a heap, a heap of I patience. I ate a lot of chocolate. <laughs> oh, okay. There we go. The, the, she, um, that's how she makes it up. But like, um, how does a regular person? What are the what are the attributes? What are the talents? What are the what are the the what is the manner of work you need to be able to do? You're kind of like. Uh, like, what are the skills yeah, needed? I, I think that almost because I came from this from the outside, and because I'd been a teacher. <sighs> mm-hmm. I think it helped me to run campaigns differently Hmm. because a lot of the seasoned campaign professionals is like very cutthroat Mm -hmm. is very top down structure. Things move very fast and usually, you know, whoever's at the top makes decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very male dominated space. Mm -hmm. Like campaigns traditionally have been very male dominated. Mm -hmm. Um, And so because I come from, a background of being a teacher first mm-hmm. um i deal with conflict very well mm. like i'm i'm able to help mediate situations mm. i always think about where everyone is coming from mm. you know because you know when when kids argue like even though if i think one person is more right than the other like you want to hear hear them out hear them out mm-hmm. and you want them to hear each other mm-hmm. so like i think those skills help me even you know deal with conflicts that are arised mm-hmm. within the team mm-hmm. and like the first month or so there were some conflicts mm-hmm. between team members um but then they worked it all out mm-hmm. and everybody loved each other mm-hmm. um you know i welcome feedback mm-hmm. on how i was running things mm-hmm. um and i help it helped me run things a lot better mm-hmm. i think um and so i think definitely being you know an organizer for with the SF Bernie Kratz and all that experience helped me you know navigate like how to run meetings and difficult situations and of course the the previous campaigns helped me to figure out how to run you know the the the, you know bread and butter of campaigning Mm -hmm. of door knocking all that stuff but 
I think in terms like of the soft skills, mm-hmm. um, it requires trusting mm. the people that you're working with and mm. empowering them to take the lead. Mm. Um, I couldn't lead on everything, and you couldn't micromanage. I couldn't micromanage, no. and, and like trusting your team and trusting their talents because I, I see this a lot in campaigns of like people wanting to hire professionals and professionals are good and have their their insights to offer but sometimes there are just talents out there Mm. that volunteers are able to offer Mm. that you wouldn't necessarily know yeah you you might miss like like any successful organization treats their the members of the organization with a lot of value um and you know treats the value that each person brings to the table Mm -hmm. makes us collectively a better place which is also why when i you know think about like our earlier discussion of like mao and authoritarian regimes Mm -hmm. like that's why those governments are never as good i think Mm -hmm. because it's always one guy Mm -hmm. with a lot of ego and testosterone Mm -hmm. at the top Mm -hmm. you know making all the decisions and 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 sometimes that works but but that but in terms of like long term group based benefit consistently mm, that probably has a limit like there's a limit to the benefit long term yeah i mean i think it helps to have somebody who who has a vision and yeah. is driving that vision mm-hmm. um and i i've you know i am somebody who usually you know that's why i started burning crash yeah, you know yeah. and that's why they wanted me to get back into the co-chair position yeah um uh but you know i i don't pretend that i know everything and i don't know everything you know and i want everybody's input and i want to hear everyone's perspectives you know and so that's i think something really valuable that Mm. we need to see in our organizing that we need to see in workspaces Mm -hmm. um that we need to see in our government ah if you contend that we have to continue playing in this arena, how do we do so more effectively and successfully? Because what the fuck? Yeah. I'll be quiet now. I mean, we have to do everything. Sure. Um, sure. And I think that on, there are many levels. Somebody's going to occupy that seat no matter what. Mm. So, you know, obviously we want somebody that is on our side to occupy that seat. Mm-hmm. Now, it takes so freaking long mm-hmm. for somebody who is from the community to make it to, mm-hmm. you know, the That's, Senate yeah. or run for, you know, president. Um, and I think that for a long time, we mostly make the mistake of waiting for somebody to run, decide to run. Mm-hmm. And usually they went to law school mm-hmm. and they, you know, all did the thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then we decide to support him or her mm-hmm. or not, mm-hmm. like Obama, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and what we need to do more of is recruit people from the community to huh. run hmm. uh, who actually have a history 
of organizing in the community and are rooted in the community mm. so that when they hold elected office, mm-hmm. they're going to continue to be rooted in the community. Unless they get bought, though, because we can't forget that, like, you know, now that, I mean, she's fucking, I literally go on a Nancy Pelosi rant every single episode. It usually gets edited out. But she, even though she, you know, she was a rich housewife, whatever, but, like, she started out very much, you know, kind of like the she was like the patron saint of you know like the gay community here but like very very rooted in that and she you know she she used to talk a good game and you could you you would have you could be forgiven back then to believe that like you know she was she was much more left she's completely not left now but she's much more left then but as time went on and her ability to amass political power meant being able to take money from any and every goddamn body such that now you can't even you she cannot even countenance a medicare for all because of all the money she takes from a kaiser or a blue cross so how do we get it when what i say all this to say my frustrated ass i'm saying all this to say even when we're able to recruit people from the community what are the what are the ways and the mechanisms by which we keep them rooted in the interests of that community and they don't get bought off like a like a like a Pelosi, like an Obama, (laughs) like a like a like a London breed, like a like all these other terrible fucking moderates. Like what what do we do? Because it seems like that always happens and we're always then left head scratching like, holy shit, wolf in sheep's clothes. I mean, I think also there is a difference, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, you know. No, yeah, I'm probably wrong. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when I say, you know, rooted in community is very vague, obviously. Mm-hmm. But with Pelosi's case, like, there was no class analysis to where she was coming from. Oh. Like, I don't know if she was campaigning on fighting for the working class and you're, rejecting ah, you're right. money you you're know right, you're right. And, and it was this, more along the, it was more along the lines of culture yeah. divorced from a class analysis yeah. you're exactly right and and that's also that's the democratic party like they're yeah. fine on social issues they're pro lgbtq rights you know mostly kind you know of. they're yeah. you know uh, pro uh, women's rights to choose and like they on surface like all these social issues they're mostly okay um, but it's when it comes to money and class, like yeah. they're they're but you, horrible. You, but you can and you can and I mean I'm a I'm an annoying materialist now. But you cannot divorce social issues from no you economic cannot you issues. cannot. So like, well, which is why you know when we recruit people to run, we mm-hmm. want people who are rooted in both. And uh-huh. so you know the squad is well. much more rooted. At least you know AOC is much more rooted in. Mm in uh both you know the latinx community and working class you know politics how do we need to move in order to keep them rooted in the campaign promises and the community interest that they are ostensibly there to represent so it's obviously a very complicated there is a lot that needs to be done sure um on the very bottom level, mm-hmm. we have to continue organize within the communities to mm. serve the community mm. and gain their trust. Like here in San Francisco, we see progressives are kind of a bubble. Mm-hmm. We can have more work to do mm-hmm. to bring along 
different communities of color, especially the Chinese community or Asian community and the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, Latino community tends to be more progressive mm-hmm. with just the way, you know, organizing has happened um, so far. Mm-hmm. The Asian community, there are some left, you know, progressive organizations that do really good work. Um, there are also like far right forces mm-hmm. with Ellen Lee showing up to the Capitol, you know, for mm-hmm. Trump's rally. Um, and so we have to do that work down to the very basic community level. What I'm asking is, is that, is that, is that community organizing work? Is that directly, should that, should that be directly linked to electoralism or is that just table stakes? We need to be doing that at all times. We need to be doing it at and all you, times. And when you say we, community organizing, what does that mean? Does that mean informing the community about elections coming up? Does that mean, you know, letting them know about social services that they need to understand, you know, that they can benefit that. from? All of that. Okay. So there, there are, you know, organizations that, you know, do very much, you know, providing social services or, or helping them connect with social mm-hmm. services, um, like, you know Chinese Progressive Association, mm-hmm. and they do also endorsements. Mm-hmm. Um, they they do everything from like helping restaurant workers organize, um, you know, from wage theft, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and that's the way you organize a base of like working class, you know, people. So it's another way of saying the work of community organizing to be able to make sure that all community members know what resources are available to them and helping them so that they're able to take advantage of the resources available to them and also additionally helping to inform them via endorsements or whatever uh, about um, about the electoral realm and like how and, and in what ways we can organize ourselves in the electoral realm to push. Is that is that a reasonable summation of what it means to be community Organizing a community. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and at least like on a smaller scale, you know, in, in local politics, mm-hmm. like if you stop providing to, to the community, mm-hmm. then you lose your endorsement, you lose your support and you lose a lot of votes. Yep. So after the, the California primary, I was redeployed to New York. Yeah. Um, we were all going to go. <laughs> and, yeah. And um, I got to know like, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, what AOC's team was doing, mm-hmm. and they were doing a lot of mutual aid yep. work. Yep. Um, and, and so she deserves a lot of credit yeah. for that. So I, and so mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing where, like, if you are rooted in the community, mm-hmm. you are continuing to serve the everyday people yep. who are suffering in that community, yep. and you're continuing to listen to them yep. and to respond to their demands. Yep. And so. With Congress, I think it's easier for the people to have an influence over, uh, you know, if they do not perform well, if Mm -hmm. they're not, you know, responding to community needs, you know, it's easier to vote them out. With Senate, it's so much harder because it's like all about name recognition recognition and Dianne Feinstein still keeps getting reelected every single time. How does that happen? I I have no freaking idea. I mean, I think like there's so many people who just vote who don't pay attention whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I know her. So I'm going to vote for right. her. So after the Bert, uh, Bernie campaign in uh, November, I worked on the No on Prop 22 campaign. Mm-hmm. That was um, 
the one against uh, Lyft and Uber mm-hmm. basically wanting to destroy workers' rights yep. by classifying all their drivers as independent contractors mm-hmm. and overturning um, a, a, a bill uh, that uh, yeah o- overturning AB five yeah. where um, the legislature basically codified into law what the California Supreme Court decided um, was uh, you know what constituted. Uh, um, uh, independent contract yeah. contractor versus uh, a an employee, um, and Prop Twenty Two passed. You know, uh, Lyft and Uber dumped two hundred million dollars, the most of anything other than a presidential race. That's right. Um, onto that, and it actually lost in San Francisco. Yeah, and we Oakland. did our part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, small parts of downtown LA. Mm-hmm. Um. And we saw, like, as I was in the campaign, like, we it was a very small campaign. Of course. Um, Truly David yeah, versus Goliath. Yeah. The areas where there was a history of organizing, mm-hmm. like San Francisco, yep. where there are all these community organizations, we were able to tell the community the yep. lies that were, yep. you know, that we were seeing on TV, that we were bombarded with. And we were able to get that message out yep. in all the areas where there is no organizing, yeah. you know, year round or just no organizing in general, very little. Right. You know, they bought into the narrative. Well, they were that, they were also bombarded on, with yeah. every goddamn, every other yeah. YouTube ad, Spotify, and there was radio, no, no TV, counter narrative no ta- because yeah, when right. when you do organizing, you build trust with the community, yep. and they listen to what you have to say. And so, I was there on the campaign doing giving presentations on you know why you should you know, vote no on Prop 22. And I often, you know, would debate with this other guy on the yes team. And I got to know him pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of those presentations were with organizations based in San Francisco. Yep. There's way yeah. too much stuff out there. The world is horrible. And like you will, as an individual, never yeah. be able to do everything and you never know how to do anything and where to never. start. And so, Kind of finding That's right. the organization That's right. that you feel like you're most aligned with and, and plugging in, um, whether it mm-hmm. be like in terms of the type mm-hmm. of work they do, like, you know, immigration or, or criminal justice or, um, mm. you know, or the particular community mm-hmm. you belong in or, or politically, you know, you were a mm-hmm. Bernie person joining this of Bernie Kratz, you know, like if you were a Bernie person and you live in a place where you're not super familiar with the landscape of political organizations, you could take start your a own. page out of yeah. Claire's book. Absolutely. Start one, like throw some parties or, you know, whatever to play some chess, whatever the fuck it is you do, like get like-minded people together and you can start, you can, you can start something yeah. if it, if it does not already exist, but look first, cause it probably already exists. Look first and consider joining. But if there is an opening for you to start your own thing, yeah. do look first, start your own thing. You don't have to, you don't have to know, like I can put you in touch with Claire. If you need some bylaws, a copy, whatever, but like, don't be afraid to start your own thing. If Absolutely. what you and need does end, not exist. I think what, mm-hmm is going to keep you going is building a community of people. And so like, it, it's, it's hard to sustain yes. this awful soul drenching, you know, like work. And so if you are able to get to the, together, yeah. with like-minded people build a community, 
um, then you can do the work together. Yeah. I am so honored to be connected to and organizing with such a dedicated and humble leader. If you're in San Francisco, consider joining SF Berniecrats, where you can learn from a master organizer like Claire up close. If you join, you'll also have the extreme misfortune of dealing with me and my extremely <laughs> inappropriate nature as moderator. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Uh, please remember to subscribe, share with friends and comrades, and find us on social media at What's Left To Do. Okie dokie. See you next week.